Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Hello and welcome along to Robins on the Wire, a post-tour special. Gregor has been out in Spain with the Robins and by the wonders of modern technology, we're going to speak to each other now all about the tour, about how Bristol City got on. We've also got two chats with Lee Johnson, including an exclusive almost sort of 13, 14-minute chat all about what Lee Johnson's been up to over summer, what he makes of Bristol City's pre-season and some transfer talk as well. And Gregor has a transfer summary for us Two. So, Gregor, let's start by talking about the tour matches. So, last night, obviously, Bristol City lost 1-0 to Rayo Vallecano, but they played really well in that game. They lost 1-0 with a a goal coming sort of 90 seconds before the end of the match, which meant um, poor old Nicky Mainpar, who's on trial with the club at the moment, Finnish goalkeeper formerly of Brighton, was just literally seconds away from keeping a clean sheet. And um, he'll obviously be, be hugely disappointed with that, especially given that he's trying to earn a deal. Um, I asked Lee Johnson after the game about what the situation is with goalkeepers and I think we might hear something from that um, and talk about it a bit later on but essentially I th- it sounds like Nicky is going to be offered a deal which I think is good news because he impressed on the uh, tour and I'll come on to that in a bit more detail later um, but yeah last night the, the Robins looked really sharp created four or five really good opportunities in the first half couple in the second half and uh, on another day could easily have scored two or three goals against a team who remember are going to be facing Real Madrid and Barcelona next season um, standouts in the game Nicholas Eliasson was superb he carried on his pre-season form he, he just kept beating the right back so many times and he whipped in a couple of brilliant crosses on another day um, if somebody had read those correctly just been in the right place then that's most likely a goal that was one that almost dropped in as well um, the, the bad news was that Matty Taylor got injured after five minutes poor chap um, he had a really good chance after about 90 seconds and then a couple of minutes later he was done by a really horrible challenge from behind and I asked again I spoke to Lee Johnson afterwards about it and he called it a coward's tackle it was that bad and I think most people agreed that it was one of those tackles that could have been a red card Um, unfortunately Matty was forced from the field to play um, and I did speak to him after the game uh, it didn't look too bad his his right ankle was strapped up but he wasn't hobbling too much and then today I was actually flying back with the whole squad because we were all on the same flight and um, he didn't seem to be moving around too badly then so uh, hopefully it's nothing too bad for him in terms of the other game RB Licenze on Tuesday night well you might have seen from my social media but I only caught half the game because my flight was delayed by blooming five hours so I turned up late for that one but what I did see was Rory Holden put in a really great assist for Fabio Jeju to score um, he obviously got two more goals in the game and he's looking really sharp such a shame he's missing for the first six games and um, yeah Lee Johnson after the game uh, said it was a good workout he was disappointed with the final ten minutes when the Robins conceded twice late on but um, yes, yeah, it's only pre-season, isn't it? And another good workout. Yeah, you can see some of the photos. I think if you look on Bristol City's Twitter, there's been some stunning backdrops to this tour, that's for sure. And they all look like they're having a very good workout, as you say. And you spoke to Lee Johnson after the match, so let's hear that chat 
post-match after Real Vallecano. So cruel finish, but yeah. it's only a pre-season game. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. yeah I, listen, that, I want to win. I definitely want to win. I want to win all the games. I want to win a game of Tiddly Winks. Um, but it's definitely not good for my zen to fly off the handle at this stage. Um, I thought it was a really good game. Again, uh, really good performances out there. Um, you can see some are at higher levels than others uh, due to various, like, whatever, niggles, injuries, not quite getting the minutes that the others have had. Um, and it's a little bit mix and match at the moment, but some really good performances again today. And uh, it's been a fantastic week. It's, had, it's ticked all the boxes. We've bonded. Uh, we've played some good football. Um, we've worked very, very hard. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. Great facility and uh, definitely come back again. Was it a bit of a naughty tackle that on Matty Taylor in the first couple Yeah, of I minutes? thought it was a coward's tackle, to be honest, because I think Matty had wriggled past him a couple of times and I thought the fellow was lazy in his defending and uh, he's just nobbled him. And uh, a bit of a cat, like in a pre-season one, it's a coward's tackle because the likely it is you're not going to get sent off, whereas in a normal game you'd have probably gone for that. Young referee as well maybe didn't help, but... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, Nicholas Elison, though, he was outstanding, wasn't he, at times? Yeah, he's doing really well. Like, I'm really happy for him um, because he's got such a consistency of personality and attitude and character and uh, we, we believe in him, you know, and uh, now's his time. We've got a lot of competition in those wide areas, but sometimes those opportunities arrive, uh, arise just to, and, and it's like parts like the Red Sea to go and take your chance and uh, at the moment all sort of uh, eyes point to him getting his chance uh, you must be really pleased with that first half because they created so many chances didn't they Packy hitting the yeah. side netting uh, <laughs> Jeju as well hitting the side netting yeah. I thought it was excellent yeah and like I say you're against a good side yeah? you're against a side that's just got promoted into La Liga so um, you can see the quality that they had as well particularly in the second half and I thought we coped really well technically tactically we was bang on point against them uh, I think they've got that little wriggle probably that, that we could uh, maybe improve and maybe that will catch that up the last sort of uh, 10 days of pre-season but like I say as a general rule um, result aside uh, really pleased with the work that's gone on both in this game and the whole week So that was Lee Johnson there speaking to Gregor after the game against Real Vallecano when they lost 1-0 in the last few minutes but as Lee Johnson and Gregor said they're only a pre-season friendly lots of positives to take and Gregor managed to grab quite a sizable amount of time with Lee Johnson while out there in Spain and here's what happened when he sat down with the Bristol City head coach Hi Lee so um, just Starting off then, uh, how did you spend your summer? Oh, working, mate. I have to be honest with you. It was very, very busy. Um, I think we felt we was at the mercy of losing maybe sort of two or three of our better players. Uh, obviously, that's happened, certainly with uh, Bobby Reed and Aidan Flint. And, and naturally, there's an anxiety there to, to make sure that you can go and produce the goods uh, next season. So, uh, as a football club, obviously, we have our... Uh, goals and our aims to work towards sustainability as a football club at the moment we've got Steve Lansdowne Lansdowne family that are obviously huge benefactors to the club and uh, I mean the, the, the more quality work we can do behind the scenes should be able to reduce the output therefore if Steve got hit by a bus then the club could still be sustainable at a very elite level and uh, they're the type of decisions that we make and uh, a lot of young players coming through huge 
amount of assets on the books and uh, probably a slight change of tact this this summer of our recruitment drive it's uh, slightly more ready-made than maybe it has been in previous windows did you get any did you get any time to switch off at all or not really um i had a trip to dubai with my wife my little girl and about 16 family and friends and i think i had three days where i turned the phone off <laughs> that was it just three days right <laughs> um but you also played uh, un- basically i'm knackered <laughs> i need another holiday <laughs> after this one yeah um I believe you played in the Dean Francis Memorial game as well. Did, yeah, did, how did you get on? The, did that? Did you score another goal like we saw in the uh, charity game at Afton Gate? No, I didn't actually. I was, uh, yeah, I was. It was a good game. It was nice. I think it was. A, to be honest, it wasn't a great time to put it on because it was about an hour before the England game. Um, that was what made me a little bit sad because I think quite a few more people would have gone. But it was a nice day. It was lovely people. It was for a really good cause. Enables me to have a run around, mate, and uh, you know what I mean, uh, get rid of some of that all-inclusive Dubai. There was a bit of a burst of pace, wasn't there, for that goal that you scored at Ashton Gate? I think we saw. Where did that come from? I don't know, actually. I've been doing quite a lot of gym stuff, like with lower leg power and stuff. Um, I like to guinea pig on myself now for the players, and uh, I wasn't the quickest at all. So it was nice. Uh, very rare that that change of pace comes, but didn't last long. But it was there. The World Cup, did you get to watch any of it at all or, or? Didn't watch. I watched about four games. I'll be honest, my time was spent watching targets, transfer targets. You know, you, you want to make sure that you know everything about them. And uh, it's important, you know, those are they going to work in the squad? Is their personality right? You know what I mean, you've got to remember for every one that gets through, probably three or four fall away and maybe five or six are deemed not good enough to play the actual style that you want. So in any one transfer, you probably have to rule out at least eight or nine, and that takes an awful lot of work. Obviously, don't get wrong, we've got a fantastic recruitment team behind the scenes, and we're getting to the point now where it starts... The, the, the options are starting to get presented back to me, which is the way it should work, rather than obviously me going uh, in with the, with the options brilliant um, just just stick on the World Cup theme for a second I just wanted to ask you about Gareth Southgate and obviously he's he's had a great summer and you're obviously a, a young English coach do you think do you think um, Gareth has struck a blow almost for English coaches who maybe don't have the best reputation in terms of globally um, yeah. this summer we've got obviously Eddie Howe coming to Ashton Gate uh, on Friday uh, and, and yourself is probably up there as well um, what, what do you make of Southgate and how he's done? Um, I think he's done brilliant. I think the whole England setup. I want to start with Dan Ashworth, really, because I think if you look at when he came in uh, and what he tried to do, what he tried to implement and the DNA of the, the players coming through, and that's really come to fruition now. We've had World Cup wins in, in youth age groups all over the place and uh, a very successful senior World Cup now. I think Gareth Southgate was brilliant I think he, uh, he was brave with his tactics he was brave with his selection uh, sort of on youth and unfashionable players if you like maybe play not unfashionable because they're all the top players but maybe players uh, ruling out bigger names in certain positions and um, I think the biggest thing for me was the way he went about it in terms of humility 
personality and professionalism. And I hope it does because there's been some... I don't like it. When I see the foreign coaches, uh, sorry, the English coaches going abroad, like, you want them to do well. You know what I mean? My dad went abroad and done well with Latvia and obviously he wasn't a big name, certainly at that point. But, um, like, people like Gary Neville goes out to Valencia and, and it almost mocks the, the English coaches, you know. It's, I'm still learning all the time and so is my dad. And uh, I've had 250, 60 games and he's had probably nearly a 1,000. So... Uh, you always learn as a coach. It's brilliant to come away to environments like this because you get to experience different way of coaching, um, the environment, the atmosphere, the heat, the pitches, the opposition that you play against. And again, you just try and learn as much as possible. Just uh, going back to what you were saying before about um, losing Bobby Reed and Aidan Flint in the summer, was losing Bobby a particular um, blow to you personally? Because he's a, a player you've worked with a lot. You, you, you helped develop hugely last summer by changing his position slightly. Uh, how do you feel on that now? Yeah, naturally you're sad to see him go. You know, you build a rapport with these boys and uh, it was a big decision to turn Bobby from a centre midfielder to a striker. You know, and one that could have really ended up with egg on my face if you like and, and actually egg on Bobby's face so it needed commitment from both coach and player um, to dive into it and I think that only goes to show the championship now do you know what I mean Bobby's like had one outstanding season as a striker scored 21 goals and, and he's gone for, for north of 10 million so like when you look at it like it's amazing really because the young players that we've got if one can that grip, hold and, and do really well. Uh, that could happen. Again, you could change positions. Andy Vyman could score 20 goals next year for Mara, whatever. And, and that's what I talk about, the asset sheet. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you want to sell those players because I, I personally didn't want to sell Bobby, but it was the right thing to do. So I'm not going to come out... Nobody wanted to see Bobby go, but it was the right thing to do for the football club. You know, I'm not going to throw my toys out of the pram. I'm going to show a good attitude and work directly with the ownership and the board to try and make the parts of the team better. Are you, are you getting fed up at all of having to produce another 20-goal striker each summer? Uh, <laughs> well, you do have to... Do you know I've had to do that all my career. I've had to do it every, every club I've been at. I've had to pull one out of that. So I converted Forte at Oldham from a winger into a striker. Uh, scored, I think, 19, 20 goals that year. Um, done it with uh, obviously Bobby Reed. Codger scored 20 goals in the season there, which was good. And uh, we'll do it again for sure. Tammy Abraham was another effectively a rabbit out of the hat because he was unproven. And uh, we have to do it again. But to be honest, it doesn't really mean that a tw- you haven't got to have a 20 goal a year striker to be successful. You've got to have people scoring. So if I get five from the fullback and six from the centre half and eight from the midfielder and ten from the striker, uh, that'll be enough to, to go and be successful as well. I just told Fam that I've put a ten on him to be top scorer in the championship next season, even even missing those games. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye well, on Well, he's come back absolutely flying. He really has. I think he'll be better ne- next season even than he was last season. I thought he was good last season. But he's now had a full season in the championship he understands the relentless nature of it he understands our style he's integrated into the country and he's he's adapted really really well he's a good character 
Um, what's the latest on Joe Bryan? Because he's another player who I believe has only got a year left on his contract. Um, there was speculation across the summer about his future. Um, he was mentioned sort of with Bobby at the beginning of the summer as a key Bristol City player. Is there any chance that the club can get him to sign a new deal and keep him? Well, I hope so. Like, obviously, we're trying really hard to do that. Um, like I said before, there's a lot of different agendas in a potential transfer or a potential signing. What I mean is the agents take into account, there's a wage structure, there's a potential uh, other club that want to buy the player and uh, so many factors that go into it and of course that's forgetting even the player that naturally wants to play as high as he can as long as he can. So uh, we're all the same as players and probably loyalty is not quite the same as it used to be back in the day because there was probably 50 quid discrepancy between the wages and now it can be five, six times and and life-changing type finances that any person in any walk of life uh, would change uh, job or company if they had that opportunity but at the moment we feel with the, with the clubs that would be in for Joe uh, we will be very competitive if you know what I mean at the moment and inevitably it'll be down to Joe if Joe wants to knuckle down and sign I think his form suffered towards the end of last season. We've had a lot of conversations, and that's not me putting Joe Bryan down. Like everybody knows, I, I love him to bits. So I coached him since he was 14 years old and played him every game. And his dad done my dad's heart surgery, so there's definitely invested interest in the Bryan, uh, Joe Bryan, the Bryan family, um, doing well. But uh, I have to do a job for my football club, and, and that is to re-sign Joe Bryan. And if we can't re-sign Joe Bryan, it's to replace Joe Bryan uh, for the money that we would undoubtedly receive. You're not worried that he's going into the last year of his deal? There's nothing to be done, is it? It depends how you, how you look at worry. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm a worried, but no, it's football. You know what I mean? It's, it's happened a hundred times to us before, and it'll happen a hundred times in the future. I think that... Uh, cup run and the exposure that a lot of our players got from last year may have had a bit of a negative effect in terms of their star is shining very bright if you know what I mean. Lee, what's your opinion on the transfer market this summer in terms of the prices and things we've seen of players? Um, I just want to take you back to the beginning of the summer. I think you mentioned Jack Marriott, for example, being touted around for £5 million. And I believe Dara McAntony on, on Twitter has, has said that you're a fan of his, for example. What, what's your opinion of these kind of things? Well, I suppose the market sets valuation, doesn't it? I think like Jack Marriott's a good example. One of the best strikers in League One. Peterborough's player and of course they they have a right to drive the market or to keep him in just like we do with Joe Bryan um, but it doesn't mean that that, in, that player in particular uh, fits the philosophy I mean one club he'll work for another club he won't obviously you look at the balance of the strikers that you've already got and you weigh it up are they proven is it a punt what's the figure do you know what I mean when I say a punt a punt really is anybody that uh, you haven't seen perform consistently in that division or higher uh, and anybody else whether it be foreign or uh, through non-league or the academy uh, in my eyes is that word that owners don't like but uh, it is a punt because it's an educated punt because there's a lot of tools to be able to work out whether the, those attributes will transcend into the championship and uh, we've seen like, I think there'll be a couple really comes to the fore this year 
like look at Nicholas Eliasson, sign as a good example, takes time to adapt to see how good he is in training every day, but he needs to take that into the first team games. So far, he's been one of our top performers in pre-season, and if he continues that, it'll be very difficult. If he continues that form, it'd be difficult for me to leave him out even if I wanted to. Just, just very quickly, um, just wanted to ask about the goalkeeper situation. We've seen Nicky over there taking part. Is, is Could he be around for a longer term? Yeah, well, obviously, we brought him here on trial for a reason. I wouldn't call it a trial trial because we know his qualities, but more of a trial how he integrates, how he integrates with the group, how he, if he likes us because that's as important and if he's comfortable in the playing style. Um, but you're almost trying to find it with any player that comes on trial you try to find a reason not to sign him and uh, at the moment I have to say myself and my staff and the other players have been very impressed A lot to absorb then in that chat that Gregor had with Lee Johnson that was after one of the training sessions on Bristol City's tour in Spain and Gregor now is going to give us a sort of roundup of the transfer news what we know up until now up until this week his thoughts on what could happen to Joe Bryan in the next couple of weeks as well and some more on a new incoming Gregor, potentially anyway. Um, obviously a big story over the weekend broke, which is my colleague uh, who works for Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire Live, um, John Palmer, broke the story that no Isa, I believe his name is, he's been telling me it's Isa, apparently not Isa. Mo Isa is going to be signing for Bristol City in a deal that we believe to be worth £1.5 million. Isa had a um, good season last season for Chelsea and obviously Gary Johnson knows him very well, most likely has put in a good word with Lee. We saw him the other night in the Johnson Cup when Chelsea took on Bristol City and I have to say he didn't have the most standout game then but he didn't have the best service coming his way either um, and you don't judge someone from one game obviously you, you judge them from their qualities across the season and, and Bristol City obviously like what they see there he's 24 years old I did mention the fact originally that he might, he might be one for the future but I'm not so sure he is um, I did ask Lee Johnson about this at the end of the Real Vallecano game but he was tight-lipped he wouldn't say anything because basically the deal hasn't been completed and there are from what we know another four or five clubs in for him so if they do sign up easier there's a lot of scouts out there who, who really rate this guy and think he's got a big future in the game he's another player who's come from non-league got a terrific determination and character about him and is probably set for yeah a, a really bright future so this could be a really good pickup for City in terms of goalkeepers then yeah Nicky Mainpower is the guy who's on on trial at the moment I think he's probably done enough to net a deal Frank Fielding is out at the moment injured still whether they're going to bring another goalkeeper in we'll see there was nothing more to be said on Zach Steffen again the club wouldn't be drawn on that uh, from what I know on that I I, I think this, that City will go back in for him after having a first bid rejected but I don't think they'll go a whole lot higher in terms of money and because of that, I don't, I don't see this deal coming through, unfortunately. And off the back of that, I have heard a few whispers that um, Alex Kearns of Fleetwood could could become a more serious target for City. I don't know too much about that one myself, but um, it's something I'm hoping to check out and get an update on later this week. We'll see what happens there. If if. Bristol City signed two goalkeepers then it could be that we see someone else go out it might be that maybe Max O'Leary who's just signed a new deal goes out on loan or maybe even that um, 
interest at the beginning of the summer in Frank Fielding materialises into something more serious, something to keep an eye on there. In terms of other incomings, then, yeah, we could probably see a couple more youngsters come in because Bristol City have this tendency to bring in a, a couple of youths towards the end of the the window like they did last year with Rory Holden and Tyreek Bakinson, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone like that came in. One name to maybe look out for is someone like Tom James of Yeovil Town. And in terms of outgoings, well, yeah, the big story is Joe Bryan. What's going to happen with him? Obviously, we've heard Lee Johnson there giving his thoughts um, on Joe. Yeah, for my information, I still stand by what I've been saying. What I've been told is he won't sign a new deal, which means, unfortunately, he will be sold. There's speculation this weekend that Newcastle have come in for him. If they have done, then I would say he's he's most likely going to be going there. I'm told that there's not a whole lot of Premier League interest in him at the moment, um, and I believe it's more championship sides. The other thing I was told in relation to that is that I know that some foreign clubs are starting to take some interest in Joe and um, are looking at maybe trying to sign him on a pre-contract in January. But again, a lot of a lot to happen between now and then and probably the most likely thing is, which I've been reporting for a while now, is that he'll probably be sold in the next couple of weeks. And certainly Newcastle, if they are in for him, then yeah, that looks a good destination. Let's see what happens. Like this Joe Bryan situation should unfold in the next couple of weeks. Of course, it's a week Saturday that Bristol City's season begins and just a couple of weeks on Thursday when the transfer window will close. So it has to be tied up in the next couple of weeks. If not, Bristol City will have Joe Bryan's services until at least January. But we'll watch this space on that one. So the players are back. If you can see on their social media, they're back in the gym, back working hard. Gregor, what's your thoughts on the tour overall then? What I've seen is from the, the training sessions is, is, yes, is some real team bonding that's going on for the Robins at the moment, all the new players coming together and the senior players passing on tips to the younger guys. It was, it's been great to see some of the guys like Rory Holden involved and also Max O'Leary impressing and other players like Connor Lemon Hay Evans, who, who's another guy actually who impressed me quite a lot in the open training session. I was watching some shooting drills that he was doing with um, David Coles. Um, David Coles obviously is the goalkeeper coach, but they, they, they took all the young guys to one side and working on their finishing and Lemon Hay Evans was superb at that. Joe Morrell again, I'm not, not even too sure if he counts as a youngster now because he's been out on loan at Chelsea but he impressed especially in the game that I saw against Arby Licenze at the end there. Um, and yeah, so the, the future's bright for City. Plenty of positives from the tour. Um, as I've been saying, two, two good performances in, the, in both the pre-season matches. Hopefully they can carry that on against Bournemouth. Um, and we've seen we've seen contributions from all the new guys, um, and yes, yeah, certainly from what I've seen of Adam Webster, I think he he's a top talent. Jack Hunt obviously got a run out against Rayo with um, Andreas Wyman and uh, Marley Watkins as well. All four of those guys involved. Um, haven't seen too much of Akiba Delican. I'm not too sure if he's got a knock, but we'll probably see something more of him soon. Um, and yeah, basically, it looks to have been a successful trip to Marbella. I mean, I have a few little reservations just because I'm I'm not a club man. I'm an independent reporter, and I just wonder from what I see. Just this is nitpicking, like whether there's enough intensity at times in in the training that I've seen and pre-match stuff. But but that's probably very harsh because I don't get to see enough of that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, just trying to play devil's advocate, really, whether there's enough strength to the squad for them to achieve, for, for the Robins to achieve everything they want to this season. 
Um, it remains to be seen whether they can sort of improve on 11th place last season. Um, but I'm sure there's still a couple of little last little bits of transfer business to do in the market before the squad's complete. So let's see how City shape up and how they get on in those first few games. I think it's going to be crucial how they cope without Vermara straight away because he has looked incredibly um, sharp over training. I completely agree with Lee on that one. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think City is set for a, a decent season that could be a good season um, if, if everything comes together. So hopefully it will. Indeed, hopefully it will. We'll catch up in more detail later this week. There'll be another Robins on the Wire for you to enjoy towards the weekend as we've just reflected on the tour that Bristol City have had out in Spain. Of course, we'll bring you news of what's happening with Joe Bryan, if he's going, where he could be going and any more transfer activity as well. As we look ahead to uh, some more pre-season friendlies as Bristol City wrap up this pre-season period and look ahead to the first fixture next Saturday at home at Ashton Gate when they open their campaign against Nottingham Forest. Join us later in the week for that. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services based in Bristol who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robins on the Wire.